sometimes just knowing that there are resources out there is half the battle. This is Brian Paris for Sounds of Berkeley. In this week's episode, Katie Gibson hosts a conversation with Leah Driscoll, director of the Office of Student Wellness Promotion and Services, and Liz Zinn, a songwriting major at Berkeley who works with Leah and her team. They discuss wellness resources available on campus and ways for musicians to manage their mental health. Here's Katie with more. Welcome to the studio. Thank Thank you. Thank you. We hear a lot in the broader culture and definitely at Berkeley specifically about you know, the stress that students are under and the ways in which it's important for students to manage their mental health. Um, I'm curious about the ways it comes up, particularly for students at Berkeley who are musicians and who are undertaking um, majors and careers that might be stressful or demanding in particular ways. So I'm actually an alum of Berkeley myself. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 2003. I did a, um, a dual major in music business management and vocal performance and worked as a professional musician for about 10 years. And, um, you know, I, I struggled with my mental health and, and my overall well-being. And some of that began while I was a student, but a lot of it began after I left Berkeley and some of the realities set in about how challenging a musician's life can be. And so when I came back to Berkeley seven years ago to work, that was really the foundation of what I, based on my experience, um, some areas where I felt like we needed to do more work to prepare students once they leave here. I really consider it a part of career development to think about how you are going to sustain your life just as a person, because if you're not well, it doesn't matter what awesome gig you've been given. You're not going to be able to take that gig and sustain a career. There's that fact. And, you know, there's also some interesting research that's emerged in the last five years of really looking at, at musicians musicians, dancers, and actors, and then what we're starting to see around trends and among college students when it comes to mental health. And our students right now are both. What some of the studies have found with with creative folks in particular is that I think a lot of times there's been this sort of mythology that um, people who have quote-unquote problems Um, (laughs) they are drawn to the creative fields. I do find with a lot of students, there's this notion of I need to suffer for my art. I need to experience these difficult times to be able to speak from a place of authenticity, which is... Right. Or these destructive behaviors or situations. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, So there there was an interesting study that came out of the UK a couple of years ago where they surveyed musicians, specifically looking at mental health. And what they found is that there are contributing factors around a musician's lifestyle that can make um, some of these mental health challenges emerge. I'm specifically talking about um, disorders like depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So if we think about um, the fact that I always say, you know, a a musician's career or um, a dancer or an actor can be a lot of feast and famine. Mm -hmm. You might have a period of time where you've got um, a lot of opportunities coming and then you may go through a time where those opportunities aren't coming as much. And that can be very difficult to manage. Mm -hmm. But that also comes financial stress, Um, working odd hours, not getting enough sleep, not being able to maintain connections with people outside of the industry. So family and friends, because you're working a different schedule than they are. Right. Or you're on the road or you're in a couple different places where your people are not or they're not always. Right. And, um, you know, we find often when we're looking at 
um, contributing factors to mental health. Those feelings of isolation versus connectedness are huge predictors in whether or not someone will develop a mental health challenge mm-hmm. or how they will recover from that. Um, so that that's a big deal when you think about the way that um, performing artists, the, the, the just inherent lifestyle demands. And another layer, which I experienced myself, is that historically, when it comes to health care and even health insurance, creative folks have not had as much access to health insurance. So all of these factors, they impact a creative person's life. And so what Liz was saying about holistic wellness, that's why we're really approaching even mental and emotional health from a a holistic wellness lens, because finances, your nutrition, your sleep, physical wellness, all these things contribute to your mental and emotional well-being. Do you find that your fellow students are receptive to these ideas? I think a lot of the people that I talk to kind of are, a lot of them are already open to that idea. And, you know, I, so I show up a lot at like the meditation class that we offer. And then there's Mm -hmm. people there that they're showing up because they're invested in their own health and well-being. So they're showing up open. So that's a really good thing. I find a lot of people are open to it. I find the biggest obstacle um, probably with uh, with a lot of college students, but definitely particularly at Berkeley, is the idea that there's not enough time. Yeah. So Leah was mentioning money, and like, yes, that's like a major thing, but also time. Yeah, that's something, that's something I hear a lot from students that yeah. I talk to in general, right? And it's true. Yeah. So, and we do have like a lot of rigorous course requirements, and we're taking like ten classes at a time a lot, and practicing and performing and all of that. Yeah. I think that's a huge stressor for college students in general, and it can be like a self-perpetuating message. I'm curious about, we've touched on nutrition and sleep briefly and other lifestyle choices. We haven't talked about them as extensively, but certainly, you know, your physical well-being makes a huge difference to your mental and emotional well-being and also how you are able to perform as a musician. I was at a guitar clinic a couple of weeks ago and was really surprised to learn that they talk so much about breath and hmm. a posture of relaxation and how like if you are clenched with stress or worry and not breathing, you won't be able to play very well, which you would assume for a wind instrument, but not so much guitar. We've talked a lot about um, students and the, the challenges of balancing certainly school and your other commitments and responsibilities. We hope uh, certainly that we have some alumni listening to this podcast and some working musicians who presumably have left the academic world and are now out in the music business or in the industry performing. I'm curious about what advice you have, you know, sort of more broadly, especially Leah, as you worked as a musician for (laughs) 10 years, you know, definitely have a a lot of uh, (laughs) on the ground experience. I actually just started a course this weekend on financial wellness and, and, um, how to uh, coach people around financial wellness. Um, because I, I think for a lot of folks, it's something that really, really breeds a lot of the stress that that people have. I mean, I see it with our students. It's, it's often an underpinning of some other aspect of a wellness issue that's happening. Yes. It's a huge factor for a lot of people, especially perhaps as you're starting out yeah. in your career. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, um, not being fearful 
of finances. I think, you know, what I often find even with our students is because, you know, they think I don't have any money. So why do I even think about this? You know, you're like, why do I need to think about like planning? And, and something I've already learned from that course is that when people feel like they understand finances and it improves their self-esteem, it's a predictor of how their financial wellness will be over the long term. So, um, you know, anything that people can do, even if it's like, there are simple apps. I've heard a lot of students talk about the, is it mint? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Um, getting in the habit of, of doing, of doing that. There's a lot of power in kind of just getting a clear picture of where your finances are. Even if you don't have any money, Yes, at least you know where you're starting from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing I would recommend too, and related to finances and health is, um, you know, if you're someone who doesn't currently have health insurance, it can vary from state to state, but depending, you know, on how much money you're making, you might qualify for a program where you have access to subsidized health insurance. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people to go out and, and explore what those options are. But I think, you know, the biggest piece of advice I would give, um, especially for um, musicians, actors, dancers who are freelancers, so you're not working for one employee is to create a really disciplined schedule for yourself and schedule that out every single day. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what can happen when you're working for yourself is that no one is telling you when it's time to turn off. That discipline has to come from you. Right. Um, That can be hard to cultivate when you have been in classes and sessions and like your schedule has been dictated by other people or organizations. Right. So, you know, I would say right from the get go, when somebody leaves here is thinking about what are you going to do every day? Because what I what I've experienced with working with people around mental health is that um, what's that saying? An an idle mind is the devil's playground. That is the saying. (laughs) Yes. Which is kind Um, of terrifying. Yes. You know. Yeah. You know, our minds just tend to spin in unhelpful ways when we don't have something to do. Or the opposite of that is when we're so overwhelmed and so overburdened, we just burn out. You don't have any space. Right. Yeah. Creating so, the balance is that's really, right. it can be tricky. Yep. It's so important. creating your own schedule for yourself and taking times that are just truly off. This is my off time. Yeah, I could go post something on my social media account, but I'm not right now because this is my time. Liz, do you have any other practical tips for your peers? One of the best things that I learned how to do, so I'm um, in my last year at Berkeley, and over the past few years that I've been here, I got into the practice, um, and it sounds like a terrible thing to a lot of people, but I wake up like an hour early, like before I have to start doing anything in the morning, just to like have that time to myself to like write a little bit or like do something that's not school or work or performance related, just like things that I like to do. And a lot of the time it's not um, necessarily music related. And I think it's really important to just like to maintain something like that, because as a Berkeley student, um, we get like we're doing music like all the time. Yes. And it's feel like 24 seven. Yeah. And it's really easy to just sort of. let that turn, let that passion that brought us here kind of like drain out because it's, it's just, it feels like work. 
I'm like, I'm a songwriter and I write a lot of songs for my classes. And I found I was not like necessarily writing songs because I wanted to anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So just making sure that I like allow myself the time to not focus on music so much, even though it's something I'm still really passionate about, having the time to myself um, to do other things and think about other things like keeps that passion going. I think you're hitting on something really key. I've spoken to so many students who say, even in conversations that are not overtly about mental health, but I've spoken to so many students who have said that the most restorative thing they do is go cook dinner or go paint or go run or go do something that is not necessarily tied to their music because their music is their passion and their major and their classwork and their chosen career. And Mm -hmm. like it has to fill so many of these roles in your life already. And it's amazing. And Berkeley is a great place to come and soak up all there is to be learned about that. But I think you're hitting on a, a very important insight for students that, you know, that can lead to burnout and exhaustion. And so it's important to have those other outlets. Yeah. Yeah. Cultivating other interests is, it is, it is so important. And, you know, one of the things I, I didn't mention from that piece of research that was looking at mental health and musicians, they also talk about, and I know it's something you could probably relate to Liz as well, that idea of somebody's identity being so deep their personal identity being so deeply entwined with their identity as an artist Mm -hmm. so when that maybe isn't going well particularly when you're trying to live off of it it's so easy to feel like I'm not doing well and to Liz's point that idea of cultivating other interests Mm -hmm. it gives you a place where you can build up your esteem and feel good because there are going to be ups and downs, but just because your career isn't going well, that doesn't mean for a period of time and whatever that means. Um, right. That a million doesn't things mean, that could mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you are any less than as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that feeling of esteem is, is another piece in addition to some of the lifestyle factors that that make mental health a little bit more challenging at times for creative folks. I think that can be really important. I heard an interview years ago with Elizabeth Gilbert, who's, Mm -hmm. of course, a celebrated author and speaker and has, you know, written so many different kinds of successful books. But she talked about how, especially in the beginning of her career, trying to make your art do everything for you is really challenging. So you, you make it pay the bills and you make it your identity and you make it your passion and you make it all these things, right? Like eventually your art is not going to be able to hold all of that for you, at least not all the time. And it's what you're saying about trying to separate yourself from that a little bit or even have some time in the morning, Liz, like you were saying, mm-hmm. where you just get to be a person yeah. for a little while. Yeah, And that's really important. Yeah. I'm curious about kind of other resources and other practices that your office or your peer educators or other folks offer to students, you know, if either if they can't come or don't want to come to a meditation or a yoga class or something like a workshop, or if that is, um, if that's one piece of a practice they would like to engage in, what other resources do you recommend to students who are really looking to manage or improve or just take care of their mental health? A student doesn't necessarily need to come into our office and access a service or ask us a question or um, come to a program or an event to benefit from the knowledge and the resources that we have. We're really hoping that we can leverage those channels for students to be able to get the information that they need. We, we certainly put a lot of information also um, on our 
on our website. Yeah, I believe that we have some pre-recorded meditations up on the website. Um, so if someone can't access like meditation class at a specific time, they can access the website if they have like 10 minutes at some point during the day when that's mm-hmm. that would be good for them. Um, they can just come check it out if they're curious. Yeah. But haven't made it to a class yet. Right, right. Yeah. The, the other thing we have um, is we have these um, online screenings. It's They're called screenings for mental health. And they're also on our website where if somebody's maybe concerned about their substance usage or they're concerned about how they've maybe they, their mood's been recently, they can take this anonymous online assessment and um, it'll give them some quick guidance about things they might want to consider doing. Um, and one of those things is uh, suggesting that students contact our counseling services. You know, those uh, those services are available to, to all students. And people come in for a variety of reasons. I think a lot of times students think I need to be in crisis or going through something that's debilitating before I go to counseling. And that's actually what we want to avoid with students. We want them to see counseling as something preventative. So, you know, if you're having an issue with a family member or you're really struggling, if you're a new student to adjusting here, those are the kinds of things a counselor can, can help with. And it's very simple to access those services. You just head on over to 54 Fenway or um, give them a call. Their, their number is 617-747-2310. Um, and I also do want to mention that if if a student is ever in crisis and they're having an urgent situation, there's always a counselor who's on call. Um, if it's during normal business hours when the, when the school's open, so Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, they can call that number I just mentioned again, the one that ends in 2310. Mm-hmm. Or after hours, they can contact the on-call um, counselor. Uh, and that person's accessed by calling public safety. That number is one that all students should have on their phone. It's 617-747-8888 and just ask to speak with the on-call counselor. So there's always help 24 hours a day. That's really important, I think, for people to know. Sometimes just knowing that there are resources out there is half the battle. Mental Health Awareness Week is in October. It's October 7th to the 11th. Mm-hmm. It um, aligns with the nationally recognized Mental Health Awareness Week um, from uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So we have a variety of activities that we're doing during that week. We're offering um, lunch and learn sessions to both staff, faculty, or all staff, faculty, and students Mm -hmm. to talk about mental health. Um, The sessions that are for staff and faculty are really around how to support our students when it comes to their mental health and well-being. Mm There is a a book reading that's happening, too, about um, the, like, basically managing our, our stress in an, in an age where that can be very difficult to do with just so much that's going on all the time in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to be hosting these what we call self-care pop-up activities. So different offices around campus are going to be hosting different activities where students, staff, and faculty can just t- come take a break. Our big event is we're going to be hosting 
a showcase, a student showcase in the BPC on the Monday of Mental Health Awareness Week. So that's October 7th. Mm-hmm. The performance will um, will feature students who have submitted pieces, whether those are dance pieces, um, original songs that they've written, a be- uh, spoken word, a variety of pieces that speak to mental health. People can go to the webpage they of sure berkeley.edu to see the full list of events for Mental Health Awareness Week. Yes. Um, the um, So we have a quick link. It's berkeley.edu slash M-H-A-W for Mental Health Awareness Week. There you go. So if you're interested in learning more about these specific events, you can go to that webpage and details will be available. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. You can learn more about upcoming health and wellness events by checking out berkeley.edu. This episode was engineered by Tony Brown, Celia Bolgatz, and Brandon Bachajan. Our theme music is You Made Me by Sleeping Lion. I'm Brian Paris, and this is Sounds of Berkeley.